Hello and welcome to Inside Music. As always, I'm your host, James Shotwell, and it is so good to be with you again. My guest this episode is my pal Steve Redman from the band The Day of the Beast, whose latest album, Indisputably Carnivorous, is available now through Prosthetic Records. Now let me tell you, this is one of the heaviest bands and albums that I have heard all year, possibly in my entire life. Indisputably Carnivorous is this sprawling, incredibly dark collection of songs that feel like horror movies brought to life. I mean, everything is here. Space aliens, monsters, demons, hell, death, blood, vengeance, it's all on this record. And Steve's going to talk to me about the process of creating a band that tells stories in music, especially in the world of metal. We talk about the creation of this album, the setbacks of the past year, getting back out on the road, and so much more. But before we get there, I want to tell you that this episode of Inside Music is brought to you by Holix, the music industry's leading promotional distribution company. Now, what that means is that record labels, publicists, and independent artists trust Holix to promote their new and unreleased music to their contacts, members of the media, members of radio, anyone in the industry at large that may need to hear an album before it's released. That's why Holix exists. Visit holix.com today to get started. It's H-A-U-L-I-X.com today. And when you sign up, your first month is free if you'd like to watch a video version of this podcast it's available on our youtube channel that's music biz music biz but otherwise sit back relax and enjoy this episode of inside music You know, as much as I have spent like the past month or so with your record, I never bothered to look up where people are from. So where are you talking to me from today? I'm in, uh, well, York County, Virginia right now. Okay. Uh, it's, I guess you could say it's closest to Williamsburg, Richmond area. Mm-hmm. Williamsburg, Richmond, Virginia Beach is like the opposite direction. So kind of in between those. Mm. Um, oh, okay. Kind of in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> is that where the whole band is from? Um, Justin, the bass player, he lives in Hampton, which is a city pretty close to me, probably a 20 minute drive. Um, Bobby lives in Gloucester, which is also kind of out in the middle of nowhere, but a little bit further of a drive, maybe 45 minutes. Uh, our vocalist, Steve Harris, he lives in um, Maryland, actually. So quite a drive. He lives about three hours away. Yeah, he's um, like he's slightly outside the rust belt that the rest of is, us are living exactly. in. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeremy lives in Surrey, which is literally in the middle of nowhere. Like you drive like 20 minutes to get to the grocery store. So Okay, so in the middle of nowhere that people that live in the middle of nowhere are shocked. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. It's okay. Mostly yeah, in don't... Virginia, ones in yeah. Maryland. Okay. Yeah, I li- I'm from a tiny farming town in Michigan, and I always explain it to people about being like, keep going until like you think you've gone too far, and it's still like another 20 miles. Like to put it <laughs> in perspective, I don't think uh, the trash actually comes to Jeremy's house. I think he has to take the trash to the dump. <laughs> like that's, I'm pretty sure that he told me that one time. That is hysterical. Like that's a solid opening joke if you're a stand-up comedian. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, 
I mean, there might not be go- a lot going on in the area, but you guys are you guys are keeping busy. So we're we're talking on Wednesday, which puts us a little less than a week out from uh, the release of Indisputably Carnivorous, which is probably my favorite album title of 2021. It's, it's awesome, man. And you know, every time I'm trying to type it in my phone, I it's like can never spell it right, and I'm always like, "Come on, auto correct, just help me out." And then, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's, a, it's definitely a cool title. So let's start there because like, obviously it's first impressions matter today, especially in a competitive field like metal. You guys picked an album title that I, I I've yet to say it to somebody and they not make that face. That's like, Ugh, like that's, that's, that's <laughs> brutal. So like what's, and, and it doesn't stop there. Anyone that's watching or listening and not, not familiar with the band. I mean, the song titles just go on from there. Venomous procession on top of many layers of horror, black forms materialize Judas in hell. Be proud. It keep, it keeps going. So what's like, let's start there. Are who's the song title guy in the group? Well, song title guy is not here. Unfortunately, uh, that, that would be <laughs> Steve Harris. He's our vocalist. Um, mm. I mean, he really comes up with like a lot of the concepts around each song and mostly are like, and most of them are horror related. Uh, yes. That album title, and I, I'm not 100% sure if this is where he got it from, but the, the title track is actually themed after a Graham Masterson novel uh, named The Wells of Hell, which is basically like, uh, I'm trying to remember the, I'm, I haven't actually read it, but uh, I believe there's like alien microbes in the water that end up uh, infecting humans and turning them into like these like uh crustaceans that eat people basically like giant monstrous crabs mm-hmm. something along those lines um and so that's the i think the title track came i think we decided to call that indisputably carnivorous after we had already named the album that so i'm not mm. sure like it, it would be a good question to ask him uh kind of what she was on here <laughs> smash <laughs> cut to the end of this call when you get on your phone and you start texting him you're like hey man What's yeah, yeah. what's going on here? Um, no, that's fine. You know, something I wanted to I wanted to point out. I'm I write a lot of band bios, so I always read them whenever I get a new promo from something. And there's this line in the opening of the album bio for this record that says, uh, "Shining a light on the darkest, filthiest corners of the human psyche by way of apocalyptic horror-inspired storytelling." The Day of the Beast have created a monster. Great, great, great writing. I'm curious, is is what you're doing now? always been the vision of the band because i dug through some of the old releases you know you got albums on spotify at least going all the way back to 2008 was was this always what you were hoping to do with your music or has it evolved over time um i actually think it is uh i think we've always i mean we've kind of uh refined our recording and like our recording techniques and like our just skills in general as musicians and um this album to me is like kind of the culmination of all of the albums. Um, we have the production we want. We have the, uh, I feel like we put a lot of time and effort into getting the songs really tight. Um, and yeah, I mean, to me, I do think that it's kind of what we've been, what we've been waiting for. And I hope for more of the same in the, <laughs> in the future. Uh, absolutely. Now, you guys do oversee, I think you brought in someone else to track vocals for this record, but otherwise you, you oversee the whole process. Has that always been your approach to making music or was that like you, you started working with someone else and you realized you were better off doing it yourself? Well, I think it was kind of like a little bit of both. I mean, um, we've had some interesting experiences recording, uh, 
and we've had a couple times where the album uh the whole like production process was delayed for certain reasons that were out of our control and so this time you know we kind of really uh, i know myself and bobby have both been really diving into the world of home recording for a lot over the last couple years um and we just kind of put those skills that we've learned to use and we were like, all right, let's just do this ourselves and hope for the best. And I think drum production was, was the biggest uh, kind of just, we, we hope for the best. Like we did what we thought we were supposed to do. And then we sent it to the mix and master engineer, which is Zach O'Hearn. O'Hearn I think that's how you say his name or O'Hearn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's um, I mean, he's awesome. So we basically just recorded everything sent it to him and then hope that it didn't give him a horrible time when he was mixing and mastering, but I don't think it did. So, mm. No, I think, I think it sounds good. And you make, you bring up a really good point that I don't think we talk about enough in like metal circles, which is like a, a good guitar tone is, is can, can make or break something, but like drums are really where a lot of our groups in general that kind of fall apart when it gets to the recording process. Cause like if your snare sounds off, whole thing falls apart. The drummer sucks. The yeah. whole production sucks. And also if the drum production is bad, oh. the drum mix is bad. I mean, the whole mix sounds bad. Yeah. I mean, we're still talking about Lars drum sounds from Metallica albums, 20 years old at this point. Yeah. <laughs> we're just, yeah it's, it's a punchline. So I can imagine being a group like in your position, you're like, we have got to get this right or else it doesn't matter. The rest of it doesn't matter if we can't figure this out. And the I feel like the drum production is where everything can also just go completely wrong when you're actually mm-hmm. trying to record. I mean, it's so easy to record guitar nowadays. I mean, yeah. I don't even have a speaker in, in here and I can just plug directly into it and have a speaker sound applied to my amp that no one can tell the difference from that or a real amp. It's yeah. a real speaker. So it's pretty crazy. And you, drums, you can't really fake it. So Exactly. There's not 10,000 digital pedals for drums. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You yep. can't just be like, whatever tone I want. I just twist a knob. Uh, well, you guys, you guys pulled it off. It does sound, it, it sounds big and massive. It is something I was really curious about because I always love when I find a band that's like, we're just going to do it all ourselves. And it, and it seems like you guys, you guys are in that lane where it's like, you know what you're trying to do. So who better to trust with it? Yeah. And we, you know, I have to give Zach a ton of credit because I mean, he made, he's the one that ultimately made it sound huge and full. I mean, we did our best to give him to make his job easy, mm. um, but but yeah, he he's a sick uh, producer. He actually did. Uh, he's been. I think he's did the most recent Machine Head stuff. But I know he's been working with Machine Head over the last couple of years. And um, I was kind of you know, actually, Prosthetic Records was they kind of suggested him to me, and but I had heard some of his other stuff, and I knew he was awesome. So. Mm. Um, yeah speaking of prosthetic you the last album you guys did the ultimate cremation pyre again fantastic title uh great, great artwork uh that was on horror pain gore death records how does when does prosthetic enter the picture i mean you guys had three albums out before before you started working with them so like how wh- when did they make contact how did it happen uh kind of interesting um so back in like 2018 uh an old singer that i was you know, he used to sing in a band of mine, like an old technical death metal band from like 10 years ago uh, named Saega. Like him and I, I mean, we've always been friends ever since then. And I decided to do kind of like my own project here, kind of like a solo studio project thing. And then I was like, you know what, this needs vocals. And so I got him to do vocals. And it, it, eventually what happened is uh, we called it Four Token, which is the 
the band that we started. It's kind of like a studio thing. Um, mm-hmm. And we got Hannes Grossman to play the drums from Necrophagist. That's like what he's most known for, I think. Um, and we, you know, we actually self-released it. And then later on, we were on Twitter, and I think Prosthetic posted. Uh, you know, I've known them for years. I don't know them, but I've been aware yeah. of Prosthetic for years. And so we kind of on their Twitter, we we're like, "Hey, check this out!" You know, this is our band for token. And then so they hit us up, and um, they wanted to sign us, so we got signed. And then later down the road, uh, the day of the beast, we were, you know, we had a demo out. And we were like, hey, man, check this out. Like, would you guys be interested in maybe signing the Day of the Beast? Because we are we have, you know, enough material to put out another album. And we're looking for a label to back us. And they were totally cool with it. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how that happened. That, that's, that's wonderful. I mean, it seems like you guys have worked with a few other labels in the past. What, you know, I, you know, I've, I've made it a trend this year. It wasn't intentional at first, but at this point it has become intentional, which is that I I'm trying to work through everyone that puts out a record with a prosthetic this year. Uh, I'm trying to talk to you at least for a few minutes on or off the record, just to like learn about their experiences. Cause I love the label. They're, they're really they're doing uh, they're, what I like to call doing the work. Like they're really trying to cultivate like a new generation of metal binding people who yeah. aren't you know already known they're they're putting their money where their mouth is they're not just saying exactly. i yeah. love new metal i'm actually there i'm actually going to literally invest money into into records that i believe in and and i think that that's a beautiful thing so i'm always like what, what what's the through line what's bringing people in now i i've heard the four token release i didn't realize that was you until you just said it but i was like ruin got it i know what we're talking about now also fantastic record um so so what is your experience? I mean, you guys have kind of dealt with some people in the past. Has, has prosthetic been everything you hoped it would be for this, for this running? You don't have to say it just because this helps set this up, but like genuinely, you know, there's Definitely. a lot of metal bands out there looking for a label. Is prosthetic everything you hoped? Yeah. I mean, you know, like for us, we're all getting older now <laughs> and we all have jobs. Uh, half of us have kids. Um, and, you know, we were kind of like, we've been kind of doing it for a while and, um we were just kind of looking for i mean the cool thing is that they you know they helped us out with the production of the album uh Mm -hmm. and they've been awesome about promoting it and they've set us up with all these interviews and all all, a whole bunch of things that we would have never been able to do on our own or never maybe even would have known existed without them helping us out so yeah they've they've done a ton and um Mm. they've been totally Mm -hmm. awesome and totally supportive and uh yeah it's been awesome Hmm. That's wonderful to hear. I mean, it uh it makes it makes my heart happy. Now, let me ask you this. Who is your art guy? Who's the person putting together these amazing uh depictions on your album? Or is it all the same person? Well, no, I believe. Oh man. I'd have to I have to kind of look back in the uh history here. Well, I think his name I can't I have to pronounce his name. Hang on one second. <laughs> You're fine. Absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you look it up. I'll, He's from I'll... like Indonesia or something like that. Okay. Okay. Um... I always wonder where people find this art because it's so striking. And I'm always like, do you just have a, do you just have a guy that's like, oh, I make these incredible post-apocalyptic nightmares? <laughs> yeah. This guy, he paints these insane paintings and his name is, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right. Guang Yang. And I don't mm-hmm. know where from i gotta look at this here we go he's from he's from china actually um but yeah he paints like insane art and uh i believe 
ultimate cremation pyre was the one, the first one that we got from him. And, you know, we saw it, I think, I want to say Steve Harris found it on like Facebook or something. And we saw his art and we were like, holy crap, can we buy that from you? And uh, actually, yeah, here it is. This is his Facebook page right now. So that's the ultimate cremation pyre mm-hmm. album art right there. Um, yeah. And then yeah. he also did this one and we, and we bought it from him. Um, yeah. I think Steve kind of, because Steve really has a lot of, a lot to do with the overall theme of the record. I mean, his lyrics are, you know, we just, we're just musicians. We just write music. <laughs> Whatever sounds cool, we like play it. But the like yes. lyrically and you know visually, I think he has a lot to do with it. I mean, he kind of searches that stuff out based on, mm. you know. Actually, I think the album title or the album cover of Indisputably Carnivorous, the song "Corruptor and Fester" is basically a story that Steve invented. I'm pretty sure he invented it. I wish he was here to explain it all. But <laughs> it's basically about this alien race like sucking the fears out of humans brains and gorging themselves on it and then leaving just like a shell of a, you know a corpse behind like so it's a pretty interesting story but um, absolutely and that, and that that is depicted on the cover yeah exactly so i'm it's, not sure if he wrote that song after we had that artwork or if he already had a song in mind like i said that's a a good steve question <laughs> <laughs> no i i love it i was only curious because because all of your albums have have really big artwork but the last two definitely go together i guess the first one too the the one in the middle there relentless demonic intrusion the whole thing looks different than the rest of what you've done even though yeah even the logo was different on that one you know i, I didn't start playing the band until uh after that album was already recorded mm. um, i've actually yeah. played like the release show for that album, but I had next to <laughs> the album. Uh, uh, happens. What is his name? Dan Seagraves. It's, I want to say Dan Seagraves. Mm. Um, yeah, Dan Seagraves. Graves. Seagrave. He's done a ton of bands. Um, for the first two, I believe he did the first two album covers. Mm. Yeah, I mean um, it's 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 still it's still strong striking art, but these last two, you guys you guys have clearly kind of like it's all come together for these last two records where it's like oh, all the pieces make sense now Don't feel that way. <laughs> um tell me you know this is a very uh, very selfish question for a couple of reasons but you know you mentioned you guys are all adults uh you're out there living adult lives with health insurance worries and things like that like the rest of us um will we get to see any of this material live this year absolutely yeah like that's what we've been freaking out trying to do right now like we gotta play shows and it's been really difficult to to book shows because um yeah <laughs> a lot of the venues that are having shows now are all booked up because everyone's trying to book shows mm-hmm. and i mean we've been having a hard time even finding sh- like dates in september um you know it's like sucks you don't want to have an album release show like four months after the album's released but we may have to um mm-hmm. <clears throat> and yeah we're looking to do a little bit of touring um and we'll see how all that goes i feel like everyone's like I keep seeing tours booked in the same month. I'm like, wow, there's going to be like 10 giant tours happening in the United States at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's uh, happening very fast. Yeah. But no, we I, definitely will. We've been practicing it. And even if we have to do some kind of live stream thing before we can actually play a show in the next couple of months, we'll probably do that. Mm. But yeah, we, we've been practicing the material and we want to play it really bad. 
So well, that's good, man. I want to hear. I want to hear those songs live. I'll come to Virginia. Just give me a warning. Well, uh, we, we have. A, we actually have a confirmed date in like uh, Maryland, and uh, I want to okay. say September. Yeah. Where Where do you stay at? I live in Michigan. So okay, so you're pretty far away. I'm pretty far, but it's not. Nothing's out of the question. What do you care about the thing? I was gonna say. I want to say it's September third or September fourth. That's yeah, that's a weekend. That's yeah. yeah the third's the weekend. Third, so yeah, so I think it was the third, and that's gonna mm-hmm. be some cafe in Maryland. <laughs> Love it. The Love name it. Hey, yeah, a, a show is a show. Um, I don't want to keep you for too much longer. I do want to plug the record is is available now. Uh, you can find it online on your Bandcamp. Uh, you can you can buy a CD from the band's Spotify page now if you want to. Um, my question for you before I let you go though is when can I buy some Day of the Beast merch? Because we didn't talk about it yet, but the band has a great logo. It's an image within itself. I've never seen a band logo that is also a piece of art unto itself. And I, w- I just want it on a t-shirt and I would like you to sell me one. Um, well, we have some t-shirts that aren't listed <laughs> anywhere. Uh, but, you know, right. We haven't played shows. We would always sell them at shows, but we haven't played a show since January of last year. Um, but we're working on some merch related to this album that we're pretty excited about. And hopefully within the next few months, we'll have something, uh, at least a design and, you know, shirts being made by them. Um, But yeah, we have some pretty cool designs in mind. So you'll definitely see some merch. Uh, Definitely. I would say within the next three or four months. I, I, I once upon a time had an amazing vinyl collection. I sold it all as part of, uh, I got a divorce, sold the vinyl collection to pay for dealing with all of that. And now I'm like, if I love something, I'm like, I gotta buy, a, gotta buy a shirt, gotta buy a hoodie, gotta buy something like that. So, uh, so I'm just waiting impatiently. Um, but I appreciate the answer and I will just, I'll just pester you guys off of talking here and be like, Hey, let's, oh, let's make that we'll definitely happen. have some, uh, that's like <laughs> one of the things I need to bring up at, practice this week is like we need to get shirts we need to go ahead and just submit an order we have a design already you just need to submit it to you know someone to actually make them so perfect well we've made it you've done so well i appreciate you taking time to talk to me uh day of the beast the incredible unforgettable title indisputably carnivorous an equally great album uh if you listen to if you need a point of entry i guess disturbing roars at twilight is probably the one most people are going to be familiar with but personally you said corrupter and fester i think that's a great song and black forms materialize another track that i highly recommend people check out you guys are doing what i wish more bands would do and and i think you've taken the time to talk to me dude thank you for having me so much that was fun absolutely man 